Hey there, and welcome to our podcast, and thanks for joining us for this episode. Now, before we begin, we want to remind you to please take a moment to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And if you enjoy this content, please don't hesitate to leave us a five-star review and share this podcast with your friends. We'd like to extend an invitation to you and your family to join us for worship this week at our church. Thanks again for joining us, and now, enjoy the episode. Uh, it is good to be here today. Uh, I want to say first off how, how gracious I am, uh, how thankful I am today to have this opportunity. Uh, when Brother Josh called me and asked me if I, or when he messaged me actually, and, and then uh, asked me if, he, if I would be willing to come and uh, participate and to preach in the, the, this conference, uh, of course I, I will be ready. Uh, of course I will be willing. Uh, that's what I am. I, I'm called to preach, and so therefore I'm going to preach. Uh, it doesn't matter where I go, I'm going to share the glorious good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's done so much for me, surely I can serve Him and tell of His goodness. Uh, but today I begin to think about uh, the things that uh, God would have us to bring to you, and I begin to uh, think and, and, and look at some things and, and to study in the Scripture. And, and the Lord began to lead and began to direct. And, and the message came relatively quick. Uh, sometimes we get our messages quick and sometimes we have to really dig. And, and I find that those that come quick is the ones that God really wants to be brought. So uh, you just got to be willing to hang on and just take it as it comes. Uh, but I began to think, uh, 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 I was reading this week uh, 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 a little uh, illustration, and I wanted to start with that today because I want you to consider uh, the greatness of God. I want you to think about how wonderful He is and His holiness, and I want you to think about all that He's done for you and for me. And, and, and as I read this story, it spoke to me, and I, I began to think about it, and it's kind of the way that I... I look at my life now, and I shared with our Sunday school class this morning uh, how I felt about my life, and, and, and the sickness and things that I had been going through had, uh, had brought some changes into my life. Uh, but in this story that I read, there was a dad and a little boy standing out in the yard, and, and they were just looking up at the sky. And the little boy looked up at his dad, and he said, Dad, how big is God? And the dad said, well, son, do you see that airplane up there? And the little boy said, no, dad, I don't see it. And he said, it's, it's right there. And he got down and pointed up to it. And, and the little boy saw it finally. It was just a small little airplane. And the, and the dad looked at him and said, son, I want you to look at that airplane. And I want you to think about that being God. And the little boy said, well, Dad, that's not very big. And he said, it's not. And he said, no, it's, it's small. And so the dad said, come, let's take a little trip. And he put him in his pickup truck, and he took him down to the airport. And as they got up to the airport, and as they began to drive up toward the, uh, the plane, uh, there was a plane sitting there, uh, uh, the same uh, kind of plane that has, was in the air. And the little boy said, uh, uh, dad, that's, that's a big plane. And the dad said, son, that's the same size plane 
that we were looking at standing in the yard. And he said, no, Dad, it can't be. That's huge. That plane's huge. And that one we looked at in the yard, why, it was small. And the, lad, the dad looked down at the little boy and he said, son, that's how God is. The closer you are to him, the bigger he is. Amen. And I begin to think about that. And, and if you get close to God, you'll see that he's really, really big. Amen. And you can get as close as you want to. The only lim limitations you have is those that you place on yourself. You see, God doesn't stop giving. He doesn't just give you enough, but He gives you more than enough. You see, He enables you to be able to do more for Him than you ever thought that you could do. The reason why we don't see today in our churches people uh, that aren't out on fire for God is because they choose to remain fireless. They choose to be in a state of just constant peace. We become satisfied. We become complacent with where we're at when it comes to serving God. God never told us in His Word to ever be complacent with where we're at. We're to be moving forward. He did tell us when we've done all we can do to stand. But I want you to understand something. He never told you to stand first. He told you to do all that you can do and then stand. You see, we have to make a stand. As we begin to think about the greatness of God, I want you to take your Bible, if you would. Let's go to uh, the book of Ephesians. Ephesians chapter number 2, verses number 1 through 10. And I want to look at the Scripture. You pray for me today as I, as I uh, bring this message and as I do what the Lord would have me to do. Ephesians chapter number 2, verse number 1. And this is what the Word of God says. Ephesians chapter 2, verse number 1. It says, And you hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sins, wherein in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and power of the air, uh, the spirit that now worketh in the children of disobedience among whom also we have our uh, conversation in times past in the lust of our flesh, uh, for so, uh, uh, for, uh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature the children of wrath even as others. But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love wherewith He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. By grace you are saved. And He raised us up together and made us to sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us uh, through Christ Jesus. For by grace are you saved through faith, and not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, for we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus under good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Let's pray. Father God, as we come before you, we thank you for this day. We thank you for all that you do. Father Lord, we thank you for loving us. Father Lord, we ask you to preach us today. Lord, we're not able to preach without you. We wouldn't even try. 
Father, Lord, we pray today that you'll speak to the hearts of each and every person in this auditorium today. We pray that if one is lost, that today they'll be sweetly saved. We pray today if there's one that's backslidden, that they'll come home. Father, Lord, we pray for the sick, for the needy. Lord, we pray for each and every, uh, Father, Lord, each and every want today, Father, Lord, because you know your people, Father, Lord, need your help. Just bless us and be with us. Forgive us, Lord, where we fail you. It's in Christ's name I pray. Amen. I want to look at the greatness of God here. And the very first thing that I want you to think about, we find in verses number 1 through verse number 3, here we find the challenge. And he and ye hath he quickened who were dead in trespasses and sin. Now, I want you to think about something just for a moment. As we begin to look at verse number 1, I want you to think about the word quickened if you would. If you look up the word quickened, according to the King James Version of the Bible, quickened literally means to revive or to make alive. Now, I want you to understand something. Here in this conference, we want you to become revived. We want to help you become alive. We want you to see how great God is. We want you to stop doubting and start moving forward when it comes to serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Because he has everything that you could ever hope to have in this life. He is the one that blesses, the one that moves for us, the one that leads us through and helps us to become the kind of person that we're supposed to be. Nobody needs to sit still when it comes to serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And I want to encourage you today to see that when we think about quickened, it means to revive. When someone is revived, that means their mind changes. That means their heart changes. That means there's something that happened inside of them that they can't help sharing with others. They're revived. You see, they are made alive. All of a sudden, they're not the same as they used to be. They're different now. They're not the same kind of people they used to be. They don't go the same places. They don't hang around with the same kind of people. They don't want to do the things that they used to be doing because they have been made alive. Their mind is settled upon the Lord Jesus Christ and upon what He commands us in His Scriptures to do. He tells us where to go, when to go, what to do when we get there, and He does it because He loves us and He wants us to be an effective servant for Him. You see, that's why you're here. He wants you to remain a faithful servant for Him. If it was not for that, at the very moment of your uh, rebirth, at the very moment of salvation, He would call you home. But He's got a task for you to do. And see, I've got good news for you. You never get too old, and you're never too young to be used of God. God has a very specific plan for your life. The only thing is, most people never walk in it. Most people don't desire it. Most people don't want to do it because they are afraid to do it. You see, I want you to understand something. God wants to revive you to make you alive. He wants to quicken you. Listen, what we have in America today is a lot of dead churches full of, 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 of dead-spirited people. But God wants to make the church alive. 
He wants to see a church on fire. He wants to see people that can't sit still. They want to get up and they want to say amen once in a while. He wants to see you going outside these walls and helping the community and doing all the things that He called you and told you to do in the Scripture. You see, everything that God promises us and tells us we can do in the Scripture, we can do. You see, you and I today are His servants. If we are truly, honestly the servant we're called to be, then we're going to be in a state of servitude. Somebody else is going to matter more to us than simply ourselves. You see, I want you to know that most people today have become self-centered. Most people today, it seems like in our nation, has forgotten what it means to be a Christian, Christ-like, a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. Most people today don't even know how to present Jesus Christ to a lost and dying world because really, honestly, they never listened themselves whenever they come forward. Because when you come forward to Jesus Christ, your whole life changes. You're no longer the same. It's different now. You see, I want you to understand something. We need to understand the challenge that is given here. He says, And you hath he quickened, who were dead in trespasses and sin. He's revived us. He's made us alive. He's given us something to be happy about, something to encourage us, something worth sharing. And he says, Where are my people today? Most people today are afraid to do anything. You see, I want you to understand something. We'll never experience revival as long as we hold on to the filth of this present world. You see, most people want to be the kind of people that go to church on Sunday and do what they want to do the rest of the time. God never intended for it to be that way. God challenged us to be different, to be that peculiar person that the brother was speaking of in Sunday school class this morning. You see, we're ready to be very peculiar in our actions. You see, I want you to understand something. Today, most people will rub shoulders with someone that's lost and on their way to a devil's hell and never give them a second thought. That's not being peculiar today. The peculiar one is the one that says, Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you been forgiven? Have you been purchased by the precious blood of our Savior? Do you know Him? Have you been changed? Have you been quickened? Have you been revived? Have you been made alive? Have you been made different? Are you the kind of person that's going to do what you're supposed to do or just do what everybody else is doing? Are you content with staying where you're at or do you want to step forward? Do you want to step up? Do you want to be the kind of person that makes a difference no matter where you're at? Do you want to be the kind of person when you walk into the room, everybody knows that you're a blood-bought saint of God because it shines on your face. Let me tell you something. You ought to be able to tell somebody that's blood-bought and born again just simply by looking at them. They're different. 
They're peculiar. They act different. They walk different. They talk different. They look different. Listen, we're not part of the world. We're to be called out of the world. We're to be different today. We're to act different. We're to look different. We're to be different. We're challenged to be different. You see, I want you to know something. The difference between us and the lost is a born-again believer was once a lost sinner headed for hell until by the grace of God you repented and accepted the Lord Jesus Christ and you were made different because of that. You were made different because of that. You've had, a, you've had a change of your mind and your purpose. You're no longer the same. You're altogether different now. That's a challenging thought, isn't it? That God expects you to be different. That the Lord Jesus Christ died for you in spite of you. In spite of the way you lived your life, the things you did, and the places you went, and the people you hung out with, aren't you amazed today to know that Jesus Christ loved you so much that even before you knew Him, He was thinking about you? Even before you heard about Him and all of His goodness, and you've seen His glory and His grace shed upon all mankind, even before you ever heard about that, Jesus Christ had you on His mind. You see, we have to understand that today. Jesus Christ, He is so vastly different than everybody else. Listen, no one can do what He did, but I want you to know something. He expects you to show the loss exactly what He did by through your life. By living a life that magnifies the Lord Jesus Christ. His sacrificial death. His resurrection. Right now at this very moment, sitting on the right hand of the Father. God, Jehovah, making intercession for us that when we call out upon Him, He hears us and He speaks to the Father and He says, my child has a need, Daddy. Abba, Daddy. They have a need. You see, I want you to understand something. We're born again. We're born again by the afterknowledge of who Jesus Christ is. We're not, the Old Te- we're not in the Old Testament. We're in the New Testament. The Old Testament, they look forward. But now we have a knowledge of it. We look back and we see what Jesus Christ did for us. It's easier for us today than it was those that look forward. You see, we don't understand. We don't perceive the future because if we really perceive the future, this place would be sitting full and there'd already be people on the altar calling out because I want you to know something. As sure as I stand before you, there's hell awaiting those that are not born again. But heaven waits for those that have accepted the Lord Jesus Christ. And if people really understood that and they really had that foreknowledge of what's going to be like to be in a place called hell, they'd be standing in line waiting to get a place to where they could just get down and pray and maybe have some preachers share what the Scripture says about true biblical salvation. I want you to know something. The people of Russell County would be standing in line waiting today. Let me tell you something. They'd be here from all over. Let me tell you something, they'd begin to flock here from Somerset and from all those other places. Listen, they'd come here uh, from Campbellsville and Columbia and all those places. They'd be standing in line if only they could get a, uh, just a glimpse into what hell's going to be like. And friend, it awaits those that are not born again. You see, because they had the same opportunity and the same chance you and I did, the only difference is we accepted him. I'm talking about those that are born again. You see, I'm not naive enough to think that everybody in this house is ready to meet Jesus today. I, 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 no. 
No. I'd like to think it's that way, but it's not that way. I stand in, the same, uh, in front of the same company week after week after week, and I preach to them, the same congregation, week after week after week, and they try to show me that they're saved. And me knowing with the messages that God's given me to share with them that there's somebody lost there. You see, I want you to know something the preacher knows because he gets the message for the lost. And if he's got a message for the lost, that means somebody's undone. Somebody isn't saved. Somebody had never accepted Jesus Christ. And if you ain't ever accepted Jesus Christ and what he did for you on the cruel cross at Calvary today, friend, you're lost. And you're in danger of hell. Now I tell you, I could tell you all about hell this morning. And I could tell you what awaits those that aren't born again. But I want you to understand something. Through revival, we better get some things straight. We better understand some things. Because revival's personal. It's between you and God. You see, I want you to know something. If you want to be revived, it's up to you. Huh? Brother Don can't bring it. Brother Steve can't bring it. All these other brothers, they can't bring it. That's between you and God. If you want to get it laid out on the altar of sacrifice, if you want to pour it out before Jesus, if you want to say, I accept you for what you've done for me, and I love you, and I trust you, and I, I want to confess my sins to you, and I want to get them covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, and I want to know you and the free pardon of sin, I want to know who Jesus is, if only you'll take that and you'll go with that, and you'll run with that, and you'll do what you're supposed to do. You can know Jesus today. You can be revived. You can be made alive. You can change. The challenge is, will you or will you not do something with Christ today? So you're going to have a revival this week or you're not. But inevitably, it's up to you. I'm talking about you personally. The whole church can be revived. And you can remain right where you're at. You can stay where you're at. Or you can grow. You can be made alive. But that's up to you. Secondly, I want to look at the call. Secondly, I want to look at the call that's given here. I want you to notice verse number four, if you would. But God who is rich in mercy for His great love wherewith He loved us even when we were dead in sins hath quickened us together with Christ. You see, I want you to notice again we find the word quickened. We want you to understand today that God wants to make you alive. God wants to change your whole being. God wants you to leave here today fully impressed by His awesomeness. You see, I want you to understand something. There's no way that I can put into words how wonderful God is. There's no way that I can express to you that the Son of God had such a love for us that He was willing to leave the very throne room of heaven and come to this old sin-cursed earth and to live that most special life, sinless, spotless. 
A life where he endured misery. A life where he was ridiculed and talked about. A life that inevitably led him to the whipping post where they pulled the flesh from his body till he was a completely unrecognizable. You see, you and I don't realize what Jesus did for us. We don't understand the depth of his love for us because he went willingly. He did not have to. You see, I want you to know something. He could have called legions of angels, legions of angels to have stopped the process of his sacrificial death. But because of his love for you and the vastness of that love, the depth of that love, he went willingly to the cross at Calvary, laid down upon it, allowed himself to be raised up between the heavens and the earth. And he called out, Forgive them! because they know not what they do, and He was thinking of you. He was thinking of you. At the very last moment before He gave up the ghost, and life left His body, he had you on his mind because he said it is finished. In other words, he had given so much. The call had come so clearly that it was done now. It was finished and completed to the point that he could let go because he loved you and he held on until he saw you, until he, he, he knew every one of us by name. He knew us from the very beginning and right up until the end of his life, he had you on his mind. You see, I want you to know something. As time progresses along, I wonder if people really want to be changed or not. The more I look around today, the more uh, less impressed I am by the human race. Because it seems to me like people don't want to change. It seems to me like that the church doesn't want to do anything uh, to, uh, uh, to show uh, how much that Jesus Christ loves each and every man, woman, boy, and girl. You see, as we begin to look into the, the attendance of the church today, it's down. I want you to know something. The baptistry sits dry and unused. It sits dry and unused. The altars have been removed in our churches. Nobody prays. Why have an altar? Why have something that we might bump our leg on? Let's take it out. Let's get rid of it. We no longer need it. We believe easy believism now. We just simply say we are and we are. But that's not the way it is. That's not the way it is. I want you to understand something. Verse number 4 says, But God, who is rich in mercy, for His great love worth He called, or He loved us, even when we were dead in sins, hath quickened us together with Christ. For by grace ye are saved, and hath raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places, in Christ Jesus. I want you to know something today, friend. It's going to get really, really good, really, really quick for us that have been born again. I want you to know something. When we leave this walks of life, we're going to be, <laughs> we're going to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ 
we're going to know what it's like to be where He is. Right now, we look back on it and we see things have changed. Our nation has changed in the last 25 years. I see such a dramatic change in our, in our nation. I see people that are willing to forsake the ways of God and do whatever makes them feel good. I see people that are willing to forsake the house of God and go to the lake on Sunday. I see people that are willing to sell out to Walmart on Sunday and forsake the assembling of themselves together. I see people that no longer really truly love Jesus Christ because if they did, they'd be in His house on Sunday. And yet our pews sit empty in our local churches. Today we find in America that most pulpits are serviced by a paid preacher that is nothing more than a mere puppet for the church and what they want to be said and not said. But I want you to understand something. A man that's called of God, a true called man of God to preach the gospel will not sell out to no man. Whether he gets $5 or whether he gets $5,000, it don't make no difference. I want you to know something. If he's called of God, he better preach. He better preach and he better preach the whole truth of God and he better tell it like it is and he better quit worrying about whether or not he's going to offend somebody I tell Miss Debbie that's why I can't keep nobody at Piney Grove they get mad at me because I tell them exactly how the Bible says they're supposed to live and not live amen I'm sure brother Josh has the same problem I'm sure it happens here people get mad because he tells them the Bible says you can't it's that way everywhere. When you're a true man of God, let me tell you something, you're going to offend some people. Let me tell you something, they hate us. They hate us. We try our best. We give ourselves to the church, brother. I'm going to tell you something. We give ourselves to our churches. We completely yield our lives over to the church because we love you that much. You're always on our mind. Of the night when you're asleep and you're snoring and your spouse is snoring or whatever, whichever one of you it is, because I know it's one of you, I want you to know something. Lots of times we're awake thinking about you, seeing your face, seeing your needs, asking God to bless you, protect you, and watch over your home to fix the problem that we know you've got in your life. And most people today don't understand the call of God. Because if they understood the call of God, they'd surely love their pastor a little more. They surely would. I hope you do love your pastor, and I hope you treat him like you love him. Because I assure you one thing, he loves you whether you think he does or not. But I want you to know something. Today the call is, either you're going to, at the end of the road, when this life is over, and I know... I know, I know everybody in this room wants to live forever. I know you don't want to lay down in some old graveyard somewhere or another. I know you don't want to be covered over with dirt. I know all that. But I want you to know something sooner or later, 
the call is going to go out for you. The call is going to go out for me. And how we're called out of this world is how we're going to stand before the judge, the righteous judge, the Lord Jesus Christ. We'll stand before Him and we'll give an account of our lives and we'll stand in one of two judgments. We'll stand lost and undone without Him and He'll tell us to depart for me, you worker of iniquity, for I never knew you. He will not say, I knew you and forgot you. He'll say, I never knew you. I'm glad to be a Baptist. I am. But I want you to know something. In the next judgment, the one that I'm in, I'm going to be in it. He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou was faithful over a few things. I'll make you ruler over many. Enter in to the joys of heaven. And then I'm going to stand, spend about 10,000. I got it figured, brother. I'm going to spend about 10,000 years. We know the time will hold no time in heaven. But for about 10,000 years, earth time, I'm going to stand there and go. <laughs> Just inside the gate, you know, you're going to stop and you're going to go. Because <laughs> everything you thought it was going to be, it's going to be oh so much more. But I want you to understand something. First has to come a call. When the Lord Jesus Christ begins to call to you and He begins to call you and woo you out of this world and He begins to tell you that you need to be born again, the Holy Spirit begins to convict you and you know that there's something going on inside of you and you don't know what it is. Let me tell you something. That night City Road Baptist Church in McQuarrie County, Kentucky, I had no idea what was happening to me when the Lord called me to salvation. But I knew I was either going to go or I was going to die. I knew I was either going to go to the Lord Jesus Christ that night or I was going to die. And I finally let go of that old pew and got my fingernails out of the bench and I let go and, and I started down the aisle. And, and let me tell you something, I didn't have to get all the way to altar because on the way it clarified to me that all I had to do was put my faith and my trust in Him. And I believe when I got down on my knees and I just poured it all out to Him, I want you to know something at that very moment. I was as good as on the streets of glory. And yet the call goes out Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday in the church has across America and across the world that are true biblical churches. The call goes out and the congregation sits steady. They refuse to let go and they refuse to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the call is going to go out one of these days. It's going to say, your time's up. And now you'll stand in judgment. Now, friend, I want you to know the way you'll die, the way you leave here will be the way you stand. You cannot fix it on the way to the judgment. The time of fixing it's now. Because I want to end today with a change. I want to I end today with a change.
I want you to think about verses number 6 down through verses number 10. And this is what it says. And He raised us up together and made us set together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus that in the ages to come He might show the exceeding riches of His grace in His kindness toward us through Christ Jesus. Now pay attention to what verse number 8 says. For by grace are you saved through faith. For by grace are you saved through faith. And not of yourselves. You can't do it. You can't buy it. You can't beg. You can't steal. You can't charge it. You can't do anything that will get you into heaven except have faith through the grace of Jesus Christ that He died for your sin and because of that you can accept Him and be born again. That's it. That's the only way. No other name under heaven. No other name can you call on and find what you'll find in the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll find salvation. All down through history, men have lied to themselves. They've called out on Buddha, Muhammad. They've called out on all these false gods. They've called out on Baal. They've called out on everybody. And they, if they never trusted the Lord Jesus Christ, they are right now at this very moment, if they've died, they're with their false god in a place called hell. No other name. No other name. Went to a service one night, family singing. Man, they, they just sung beautifully. It was over at Campbellsville. And they told on there, the guy told on stage that night about how that he was in a foreign country one time. And they had this great big old false god set up. And the earth shook. And that false god fell over face first onto the ground. And everybody run up to see what was going on. And they was wailing and they was begging and they was pleading that that false God would get up. They was calling Him by name. And they was saying, get up! Get up! But nobody ever got up except the Lord Jesus Christ. Now I want you to think about that. The Lord Jesus Christ, He got up. And the change that you and I can experience through this life and because of what He did, friends, we can be blessed today. Our churches can be blessed. We can look at our brothers and sisters and see a change in their lives and in their minds, and we can see everything different about them. I want you to know something. You, you see, friend, when God's in it, it just gets better and better and better. 
That's what He designed the church to do. To get better all the time. I want to ask you this morning, do you remember when that change come to you? Do you remember when the Holy Spirit began to pull at your heart? And you didn't know which way to go. You didn't know whether to run to it or from it. Because you never experienced it before. But then you heed it and you come. If you can't, if you can't say that today, friend, I want, I want you to think about something. Because of the holiness of God, because of the greatness of God, you are afforded the opportunity to come to the Lord Jesus Christ. You can know Him. You can love Him. He can speak to you. And you can talk to Him like your very best friend because I assure you that's exactly who He is. When you're born again, He is your very best friend. You see, altogether life is sweeter for the child of God because heaven awaits them. They have hope. They have help in time of trouble. They have happiness in their lives because they know that God will never leave them. That the Lord Jesus Christ said that He would never leave them or forsake them, but that He would go all the way. You see, you find a great hope in the change that comes from knowing the Lord Jesus Christ. You see, I want to ask you, have you been saved today? If you've not been saved, what are you holding on to? What would you give in exchange for your soul? Have you got a little bit of pride? A little too much pride? Maybe you told the church that you've been saved, but deep down inside you know there was never a change. Maybe you know today for the first time in your life that if you leave the way that you are right now, you'll never make it home. I'm going to ask you, what are you holding on to? What are you holding on to? Because trust me today, friend, it ain't worth it. It ain't worth it. Jesus loves you. He wants to help you today. If you're here today lost and undone, I'm done. I'm done. I want you to know you can be saved. I'll be glad to take the Bible and show you what it says about true biblical salvation. I know Brother Josh would be very glad. Brother Randy would be glad to come and help you any way that we can. To just show you what the Bible says about true biblical salvation. Don't change it today, friend, just because you've always said here. You know, we, we, we've saw at Piney Grove, we've saw, we've saw deacons that said they were saved that come on on later and got saved. We've had Sunday school teachers. We've had people that's been in church for many, many years that realize that they never fulfill the obligation to be saved. They went through the motion. I believe a lot of people will be in hell that went through all the motions. But unless you completely yield it over to Him, to the Lord Jesus Christ, unless you willingly accept Him, take Him for who He is and for what He is. He is above all. 
and he will take care of you through it all. When you realize that, you can be saved. Maybe you're here today and you've been saved, but you're just backslidden. Things has kind of become stale in your life. Maybe you just come out to the revival this morning because you'd heard it was a revival, and maybe you know that, heaven forgive me, Brother Josh wasn't going to be preaching today. And And you thought, well, I'll go out today since he ain't going to be preaching. I know that happens at Piney Grove, brother. I mean, there's times people show up. There ain't no way they'd come if they knowed I was my preach. <laughs> but today, if you're backslidden, friend, I want you to know something. You can come home. You can come home to Jesus. Father loves you so much, he's standing there looking down the road waiting on you. You know why? Because you left home. He never left home. He's been there all the time, waiting on you, looking out toward the road where you went down so that you'll come home. The Bible tells us in the, in the Scripture reference to that that the Father ran to meet the Son, threw His arms up around His neck, said, Son, I love you and I'm glad you're home. Looked at the other brother and said, You know your brother that was dead? Why, he's alive again. Maybe that's you today. Maybe you just feel dead and cold inside because you decided you was going to go off into a foreign country. You was going to do your own thing. If that's the case today, friend, we want you to come. I'm done, brother.